You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. Welcome to the Fearless Business Podcast, sharing with you the business behind running a business. We're your hosts, Jamie Lieberman and Mary Clavier. Each week, we'll be bringing you great guests, insights from our experiences, and a behind-the-scenes look at all the topics you may be afraid to tackle in your business, but shouldn't be. So sit back, get comfy, and let's get started. Welcome to episode 77 of the Fearless Business Podcast. This is Jamie, and I'm here with my co-host, Mary. And today we are talking about Amazon. No, I'm just kidding. Mary's head's <laughs> going to explode if I say that we're talking about Amazon. And she's going to tell us our listeners. <laughs> I know. We'll lose every every single of our five listeners. We'll be gone. <laughs> Actually, today we're talking all things hiring, and not just hiring, but also dealing with employees when you're scaling. And one of the things that we'll be talking about with our awesome guest, who is going to be Nikki Ramirez, we are talking about having difficult conversations. And that's where the Amazon story comes into play. What happened to you today, Mary? (laughs) My Amazon listing got deactivated for no reason. And I didn't even know until my my sister sent me a text saying that she, she wanted to share it, which was very nice of her. And yeah, she was thinking of me, you know, any chance to tell people about underwear. Yeah, she said she couldn't find my listing. So Amazon does these things periodically where they do reviews of account or checks or whatever it might be. And they don't tell you ahead of time. So I went looking for my listing and sure enough, it said inactive and then I had to call them. So talk about difficult conversations. I had to keep my patience while I politely inquired about what is going on with my listing. That's a lot of deep breaths. It is. I feel like this may be a week of deep breaths. Yes. Just in Why? general. Yes. I, I got an email from a client that was um, also deep breath worthy. Who let me know that I had not taken a certain action. And this mm-hmm. client was quite disappointed. Mm-hmm. Despite the fact that I had emailed 75 times asking for permission. <laughs> and I had to take a deep breath. Because That's good. I was really ready to send off a very unprofessional email in response. Mm-hmm. But I walked away. I didn't fire it off. I just said, I'm sorry you're not happy. But I can't do anything unless you expressly give me permission. Perhaps we're not good, a good fit together. <laughs> There's been no Hashtag, response. sorry, not sorry. Yeah, get off my docket. <laughs> it was yeah, a difficult I, conversation. It was, it was, yeah, it was, it's frustrating. 
It's frustrating. It's for me, it's hard sometimes to like keep my cool and not because I go on the emotion scale. I go to emotional, like when I'm angry or upset or anything, it just goes like straight emotion. So it's hard for me to like take the deep breath with, with my kids too. Right. Like it's hard to take the deep breath and think and say like, okay, what's going to actually help me in this scenario? Yelling is not going to help me. Yeah. My baseline's rage. So, um, (laughs) all I do is just breathe all day. Really, really heavy. (laughs) No, I cannot respond to things in the moment. If I do, I will say something wholly inappropriate, completely snarky and terrible. And I don't want that. Like I I want to be professional and I don't want to react because I'm angry, but oh my goodness, every once in a while, something pops right out and I'm like, oh, I wish I could take that back. So Amazon doesn't do you any favors either because as you try to contact them, the anger level rises. Sure. Because (laughs) the, you know, emails don't work or the phone numbers or whatever it might be. And you have to be reconnected. It's like really testing you before you get to the actual person to talk to. Right. So you're like furious to begin with. I had this experience with AT&T, who is my cell phone provider. And if I could, I would write a very angry letter. Don's not going to like all your breaths. I know he's going to be like, stop breathing heavy (laughs) into the microphone. He gets very angry. Sorry, Don. You're just... Sorry. You're just showing everyone what happened. I really, truly yeah. breathe. I had an experience with AT&T where they did not get my trade-in back in time. And it was their fault. It wasn't my fault. And they charged me for it. And I literally, so that's, I mean, it's not like a dollar. It was like $600 because it was an iPhone. And um, I'm, I spent, I don't know, three straight days just trying to find someone on the phone who could help me to yep. take the phone and eventually I ended up having to sell it on one of those third-party sites because oh. I, the phone was mine and I had to pay for it. I made some money, so that was good. But uh, there was so much rage because I would literally talk to a customer service rep. They were clueless. They'd transfer me to someone else, transfer me mm-hmm. somewhere else. So by the time I got to the fifth person, I was screaming, like yeah. screaming at the top of my lungs. And my kids are like, what's going on? I'm like, this is not I am not modeling good behavior right now. <laughs> and this does not help your chances no, of any I, type of good outcome. I and, lost. Like yeah. they won. They got my money. I mean, I ended up selling it, thank goodness. So I didn't end up losing anything, but I lost two days. Yep. So now I, I try not to go down that rabbit hole and I try to take a step back, calm myself down before I react. And so I, if an email is sent to me and I'm really angry, I can feel it. I won't send it. I'll just yeah. wait. I'll pause. Take drafts. Yeah. Take out the email address. In that, the I'm a, I'll send it. <laughs> so I'll send, you it send it with uh, all the four-letter words in it. Yeah. So that, that would have me. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Just wait. Just wait. That's the answer. But now I you've mean, talked to Nikki. So I have. And she now, talked, It was good. You know. You have the insight on what to do to yeah. keep the rage. The rage of the rage. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, to keep the rage level in check. Our listeners are going to be like sending me therapist <laughs> phone numbers, <laughs> sending me messages. Are you okay? Really not. That An extra. email shouldn't send you over the ledge. But, you know, <gasps> it happens from time to time. When you 
been on the phone for six straight hours, sometimes you feel tired. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You don't have a yeah. lot of, um, you don't have a lot of patience. Exactly. So, yeah. So tell us about Nikki. So Nikki is awesome. She is the founder and principal consultant at HR Answers LLC, a firm dedicated to providing practical human resources guidance that leaves an impact on small business success. Nikki is a certified HR professional with leadership and HR experience spanning over 20 years, including serving in operational management and leadership roles, community college adjunct faculty, and as a human resources executive, Nikki holds an MBA in HR management and three different HR certifications. She carries with her a strong desire to educate and empower employees and their leaders to work in partnership to design and implement meaningful human resources programs that drive the success of their organizations and increase their bottom line. Nikki's awesome because she really did talk about how you have those challenging conversations with employees, both when you're starting um, and hiring people because sometimes those conversations can be difficult where you're negotiating yes. or trying to figure mm-hmm. out if someone's a good fit down to when you have an employee who may be having issues or you want something more from them or different from them. So she's definitely an amazing resource and I can't wait for everyone to hear the interview. I'm excited to hear from Nikki. Now on to the episode. I am so excited to be here today with Nikki Ramirez from HR Answers. She is going to talk about all things employees. No need to be scared. Nikki's got our back. Thank you so much for coming on, Nikki, and welcome to the show. Hi, Jamie. Thank you so much for the invitation. I'm really looking forward to talking with you. I am. This is a good topic. This is a topic that comes up a lot in my law practice, where people talk about hiring and their fears around it and what to do once you have employees. So before we jump into the good stuff, why don't you tell our audience a little bit about yourself? Yeah, sure. I would love to. So I am currently based out of Phoenix, Arizona, but I am a Minnesota girl at heart. So born and raised in Minnesota and moved to Arizona about 20 some odd years ago, 23, 24 years ago to study Espanol. So I wasn't sure where I'd be heading business wise, but I'm bilingual in Spanish and studied Spanish language and stuck here in the desert and went on to sort of pursue a education and career in human resources. And uh, we really love living in Arizona. It's a great place to get outdoors um, most of the year. So my husband, Luis and I, we've been married um, about 19 years and we have three kids and a boatload of animals that we enjoy taking care of and and, um, a couple of horses that we ride. So we are you know, an entrepreneurial family and love living in the desert. And in my business, we are focused all the time on providing HR support to small business leaders so that they can relax and focus on really important things like growing their business and growing their profits. You know, delivering HR support and guidance is um, sort of a, a unique approach to consulting and and helping people grow. So we do it in a lot of different ways and really try to meet people where they are with the type of support that they need, um, answering questions and helping them build HR programs. So that's just a a little bit about me and, and the business. 
It's a pre- it's brilliant because it is one of those functions that I think small businesses often lack <laughs> um, from a resource perspective or sometimes even a knowledge perspective. So I'd love it if you could tell some of the services that you do provide to uh, to some of your clients. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we really focus on kind of demystifying HR and making it uh, a more comfortable area to focus in for business leaders and small business owners. So we provide uh, support on single matter consultation. So if a, if a small business owner wants to talk about a single issue that they're having with an employee um, or any HR topic, really, it might be a compliance topic or it might be a training and development topic, but we consult on a single matter basis with folks. And we also love to work on projects with our clients. Um, our sort of flagship project, our favorite project to work on is actually the employee handbook, which thankfully um, we love it because I know it's not a very exciting project for everyone, but it's a great way to uncover um, ways to build business culture and ways to set um, business expectations and set up employees for success. So we do HR projects like employee handbooks and write job descriptions. And then we also do um, provide ongoing HR consultation for folks that have larger businesses. And we just launched a new program, which is called our Small Business HR Academy, Um, which is a a learning and growing coaching program that is a group program. So we have a small class of 20 small business owners who will be learning and growing together for six months. I love the fact that you said you love employee handbooks. (laughs) (laughs) I never get guests that like the things that I like too. So I'm really happy you're here. (laughs) Good to to find our people. That's exactly right. There's nothing wrong with a good employee handbook. It makes a huge difference. Um, So when you say human resources, I'm assuming most people know what that means, but you're really talking about, you know, anything involving the affairs of an employee. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny because when I go and do on-site visits with my clients um, here in Arizona and in other places when I travel to visit with them, sometimes when I arrive, I get sort of a frantic introduction and someone will say, HR is here. (laughs) So I know there are a lot of sort of perceptions and feelings about HR that people have built over the years. But yeah, the human resources as a business function or as a, you know, a a piece of a business is really the, you know, it's the piece that involves anything from developing a method for hiring your first employee all the way through things like um, deciding when it's time to launch a retirement benefit program for your employees and everything in between. So hiring, managing, training, growing, coaching, um, and, you know, and sometimes helping employees exit, so terminating employees. Um, And then there's this other arm of HR that is really compliance maintenance. So where we learn about the requirements for our small business and, um, again, sort of demystify them along the way, make them manageable, digestible, um, and implement solutions so that we can be compliant with things like wage and hour laws, overtime, pay practices. Um, Lots of states have paid sick time laws now. So we look at that, you know, how do I come compliant with that? Yeah, so HR has many facets and many pieces, you know, it's a, it's a, you know, there are sort of subsectors within HR and small business owners um, have an area, they, there's, there's focus and interest in each of them. And so we really focus on trying to help them break it down and make it digestible. 
I love that because I think there's a lot of fear around HR in general. And one of the biggest things I hear in my practice when a client comes to me, um, they're all just using independent contractors. Even though in a lot of states now, it's really hard to have a staff of independent contractors. And the classification between an independent contractor and an employee is becoming more and more stark. Um, Mm -hmm. But the biggest thing I hear is, but I am so afraid to hire my first employee. I don't want to deal with it. There's so much drama about it. So Mm -hmm. can you sort of demystify that for us and break that down as to what it looks like when you have to hire your first employee? Yeah, absolutely. I would love to. And I'm so glad to hear that people are coming to you to talk about the designation of employee versus contractor. Because when we work with clients, you know, we like to have them already have sought a legal opinion uh, because, you know, we can help with um, the transition process and communication with people and things like that. But we, you know, we really hesitate to make that designation. We like for our, you know, legal professionals to be involved in that designation. So um, kudos to those folks who are smart enough to come to you for that legal opinion. <laughs> so that's awesome. Sometimes uh, it's begrudgingly. <laughs> you know, I mean, <laughs> Yeah, it can be it can be tough to pull the trigger and get, you know, get involved with a lawyer. I am, you know, personally involved with a lawyer. My husband is a lawyer, so (laughs) business and and personally involved. And there's just so, you know, there's there's just a a lot of um, questions that come up when you work with somebody Um, like, hey, can I afford this? And and then beyond that, you know, what will I do once I actually know their answer? So um, your clients are really lucky to have you, though, Jamie, so that they can lean on you for for great support. That's accessible. But so, you know, when, when I think about though, this idea of, you know, hiring the first employee, uh, how do I do it? When do I do it? And how do I make it manageable? I can actually even, you know, look to my own experience. So I've been a human resources practitioner for over 20 years and leading teams of, um, you know, over 300 and 500 people uh, throughout an organization but when I started my own business, I had to eventually hire my own first employee too. And, you know, I think I went through a lot of the same uh, analysis and confusion and, you know, um, sort of pausing and wondering that everybody else does. And so for me, I had to kind of uh, remind myself that this is what I do and, and take it methodically. But, you know, we sometimes get afraid because we're not sure what all the technical steps are that we would have to go through, like setting up an account for unemployment tax with your state or paying federal employment taxes um, every pay period or deciding even how in the heck do I run payroll for my employees and what does that look like? Um, You know, beyond that, when we're thinking about hiring our first employee, we're also thinking about designing a job for them and having it be sustainable. You know, something that I hear from small business owners often is that they're not sure that they'll have enough work for this person to do because they're not used to sharing the work but they know that doing it alone is no longer an option because they're burning out or they have just, you know, they're, they're having to tap out. They can't take on the type of work that they would like to. So, you know, they know they need to do something, but, you know, designing those job responsibilities can be a little bit daunting. And so, you know, there's some analysis that we can go through to take a look at um, the duties and responsibilities that, that a business owner would like to share (laughs) with this new employee you know, work on a a simple job description. That's a great way to get started. 
Um, and then once you have the job designed, you can work on recruiting. And so recruiting is a whole nother piece of entering into the world of, um, you know, being an employer. And right now, it's definitely a job seekers market. So we have more people uh, looking for workers than workers looking for jobs. And so we have to um, kind of come to an understanding that we're in a super competitive job market, the employer is. And, you know, I'm really working hard with people to help them see the benefit of approaching recruiting from a marketing standpoint, you know, rather than just going out and like posting a job description like we used to sometimes see, yeah. you know, but trying to really attract people to work for their business from a marketing perspective. And so, you know, once you get the people there, though, then you're you're really trying hard to um, continue to manage workflows. And so as we hire our first employee, we might be thinking about doing things like setting up email and calendars. Uh, we may also think about something like a, a, a workforce management platform. I'm not sure if you use anything in your practice, Jamie, but something like a Microsoft Teams or Slack or something mm -hmm. like that. We yeah. live in Slack. Do you love it? We live in it. I mean, I don't know what I would do without Slack. Yeah, it's just a great way to record conversations and, and not like record them in a sneaky way. <laughs> yes. But I mean, yeah, I'm a I'm a proponent of non-sneaky HR and management <laughs> leadership. So yeah, but like record our memory. That's what I'm talking about, right? Mm -hmm. Like we, we simply can't remember everything as leaders or employees. And so having something like a Slack or, you know, a, a team communication platform is just, it's kind of revolutionized the way that we remember things, I think, as team leaders. So yeah, so setting up a, a method for communication is great. Um, and then forward thinking, you know, how are you going to um, continue to keep your employee um, trained well in what you're doing in your business and continue to keep their skills up. Um, so, you know, looking at, um, you know, motivating them, inspiring them to do their best work. And, you know, beyond that, even it might be time at some point after you've hired junior person to sit down and talk about performance. And so we work with um, folks a lot to design really practical and manageable performance evaluation systems where they're super goal uh, focused and, you know, they're not a burden on the business leader or the employee. Um, and again, sort of that, that non-scary, non-sneaky type mm -hmm. of HR Try to be, yeah, like super upfront and straightforward with people about the type of work we're looking for, and then finding a really um, compassionate and tactful way to share feedback about evaluation. I love that. That's such a good framework. Yeah. So there are, like I said, just, you know, lots of moving pieces um, and everything from getting set up with your nuts and bolts, like for payroll and taxes, all the way through getting someone successfully through their, call it first year of employment with evaluation and feedback is, you know, there's um, many steps to it, but it's all very manageable when we break it down into bite-sized pieces. And I think there's there's some really good, particularly for small businesses, there's some really good tools out there, particularly for the nuts and bolts that you're talking about. We use Gusto, for example, for payroll, and they really walk you through everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. So there's really good tools out there that, that can help make it feel less overwhelming. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think communication too, what you're talking about, for to me, every step that you've described, really the theme of it is communication, um, being upfront, being transparent. And that can be particularly hard. I know a lot of our listeners have 
if they don't have a team or they're forming a team, they're virtual. My team is completely virtual. So I'd love to hear some bits and pieces of advice you could give for setting up regular communication. We do use Slack on my team and it is helpful. We have monthly calls, Zoom calls, so we can see each other. We try to get together once a year in a team retreat, but any other pieces of advice you could give on how to best communicate with your employees, particularly when you can't walk into their office? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, virtual teams are absolutely a, you know, a valid and super successful way to operate. So I'm glad to hear that you're, you know, you're taking advantage of it and using it to build your successful business. And in my business, actually, we we have an office, but my employees are actually remote anyway. And so we do, um, you know, kind of follow a, the same sort of cadence that you've mentioned already. So we have a monthly call or we can get together because we are all here in Arizona. But, you know, other things to think about, you know, really the first thing that I would ask a small business leader who has a virtual team to do is to ask their employee about their communication preferences. And so, you know, that's something that we often think about when we're working with our clients. But we have to remember that our employees, they also deserve to be treated like our most valuable client so that they can help us service in our, you know, provide service in our business. So reaching out, asking them what's their preferred method of communication um, so that if they like to speak in person on the phone or they like to have a virtual video call um, or if they prefer email to share information that you have a, a good pulse on what their preferences are because you won't have, you know, all, all of the options available all the time when you're virtual. You want to get ahead of the game with that. Um, and then, you know, keeping up with some sort of and, and in Slack, you may you know be doing this already, but have some hub that the two of you can go to. So your your team member and you as the leader have a hub that you can go to and visit on a regular basis where goals and objectives are clearly articulated. So if you have a um, a board in Slack with post-it notes or something like that on it, you know, one of the, or a list that you have with your quarterly goals or your annual goals. I think it's important that there's a central location that folks can go to to be reminded of those shared goals and objectives. And for teams that are often interacting in person, those kinds of conversations come up more naturally as you're just moving around together physically in, in the office. And when we are working on virtual teams, it's important to create spaces that are dedicated to those types of conversations and memories so that they're easy to access and they become a part of your business framework, your employment framework. Um, I just wrote both of those things down. <laughs> I really did ask about communication preferences. I feel like I've done that, but I'm going to, you know, my, my, yeah. poor, my poor staff's going to be like, what did she just do? What did oh, she geez. just listen to that she's asking? <laughs> but I love the hub for goals. I'm going to start a Slack channel. And I'd like to hear, I want to ask my employees for their goals so yes. that not only do they know what our goals are at hashtag legal, but also so I can know what they're like working on or want to do. You know, we had one um, employee that we actually sent her to training. So yeah. that because it was something she was interested in doing and I found out and I was like, yeah, we'll totally pay for that. It'll be great for both of us. So I'm going to, I'm going to do, I love it. It's so exciting. So I, I, I don't know. I feel all empowered now. Nice. So while we're talking about communication, I think uh, one thing that people are very afraid of, employers are afraid of, is providing honest feedback. <laughs> right? And so to, I'd love you to talk a little bit more if you coach or counsel some of your clients about, you know, what 
one, why do you think people are so afraid to give feedback and why do they avoid it so much? But two, like what happens when you don't give your employees feedback? Yeah. And uh, I would say a good majority of the work that I do with my clients is sort of that ad hoc consulting someone calls because they have been uh, put in what feels like a really uncomfortable position with their employee who has behaved badly or who has failed to meet performance expectations. And so they're, you know, they're often calling and they're saying things like, I just, I don't want to put a strain on this relationship. You know, we, you know, we've, we've been working together a long time and it hasn't happened before. And I just feel like it'll, you know, it might turn, it put a negative light on our relationship. So maybe, you know, that's one reason that folks are not giving feedback. And the other big thing that I see people doing or or saying the reason that they're not giving feedback is that they think the problem will just go away. So by the time they come to me, (laughs) They have come to realize that problems don't just go away, but we have to take time to address them if they're important um, in our business, then, you know, we're going to take time to address it. And it doesn't have to be scary. Um, it doesn't have to ruin relationships. Um, and it, you know, it's just something that we have to get more practice in. And I think I often explain it like this, Jamie, but giving feedback is just like any other physical skill that we can learn. So I can learn to shoot a free throw, I can learn to ride a horse, and I can learn to give feedback, right? So it's just something that with practice, it becomes easier. And we, um, you know, can address things as we go along, rather than waiting for them to just somehow magically go away. That's, but, that's yeah. so true. Yes. <laughs> Everybody think I actually just gave a webinar for a small group of um, like I have a client who's a coach and she's got a coaching group and she asked me to hop on a quick webinar for them. And so I did. And one of them said, so if I don't, if I just ignore all my legal issues, they won't go away. And what? I know, I know he was kidding, but it was very funny because it's very <laughs> much true. So what's yeah. a good approach or a framework that, you know, leaders can take to help facilitate like a natural kind of feedback process so that it's not you're not waiting until (laughs) something went wrong or something like that but rather you're doing it more frequently yeah yeah we don't want to get to that place where we feel like we're just fed up and we need to terminate somebody today right and that happens too and usually when that happens I send them to my um, attorney friends like oh that's going to be a rough one you should probably work with your attorney on that if you want to terminate somebody today and we haven't ever talked about it before So um, when we approach this idea of giving tough feedback or providing difficult feedback, um, we want to create a framework around it that feels feels like we're going to address all the different parts of the relationship and also give us an opportunity to share with the employee what we've observed or what we've seen or heard that we need to, that we need to address, you know, what the problem is. And so along the way in my HR travels, I've picked up on this framework that we call the BIE framework. And so it's a behavior impact expectation framework for communicating expectations and sharing tough feedback with employees. And so I'll give you the quick overview. But the first part is that the leader needs to share the behavior or the performance pattern that they've seen that is concerning them. So share the behavior. 
And then the second piece is that the leader is going to share the impact that that behavior or performance issue is having on the team or on clients or the public or whoever the employee is in contact with. And then the last piece, the the powerful piece here is then resetting expectations. So sharing the expectation of what it should look like going forward. And so I have an example that actually just came up yesterday with a client where we use this. And so um, we have a, a client that provides personal services to clients in their homes. And the employee that they were concerned about has been chronically late, tar- you know, tardy to work and hasn't been showing up on time for their client visits. And so the leader and I, we worked through this BIE framework and we talked about the, you know, opening the conversation by saying something like, um, I was reviewing your client visit report and I noticed that you've been late to five out of seven visits already this week. This is negatively impacting the relationship we have with our clients. And I've actually heard from two of them already that they were disappointed that you were late for your visit. And my expectation, of course, is that you're on time to every scheduled visit unless we communicate ahead of time. And so kind of working through opening the conversation with that person that way is a, you know, I think is a a good framework to get in the practice of. But most importantly, Jamie, too, I think leaders have to really stay curious as they give feedback and collect information from their employees. So I, I, I like to say that this idea of communication or open communication with employees, especially when it relates to giving feedback, should be this very frequently traveled two-way street. And what I mean by that is that not only do we go to our employees to share our observations and expectations, but that we find opportunities along the way to ask them why that happened or if there's something else we should know about with the situation. And so, you know, digging a little bit deeper into this situation yesterday, we found that the employee is actually experiencing a health problem. And so that's what we had, you know, we sort of shifted the conversation that she's been late this week in particular because she's experiencing a flare up of a health condition. And so we kind of, you know, through this curiosity and and feedback framework, we've come to realize that there's some other support that the employee probably needs. But really just, you know, get get curious, share what you're seeing, and then asking your employee why that might be happening or how did they make the decision to to, you know, to do something or not do something with regard to their work. And I think, you know, if we start there, it will create a platform for leaders to really um, build their relationship with employees through comfortable communication. And again, it's really just a habit that we build over time. So we have to step in and get started. And the more we do it, the easier it gets. That's such good advice. I, I actually have had a very similar experience, particularly with the being curious. Mm -hmm. Um, I had an employee at one time who was making frequent typos. And so for some people that wouldn't matter. But in my practice, when all I do is write, typos are very important. (laughs) Um, And so I finally had to give that feedback and I let it go once or twice and then realized quickly, no, this is an ongoing issue. And so I Mm -hmm. sat down with the employee and I, I pointed it out. I I said, you know, I've noticed a bunch of typos and it's making me have to go back through, which is causing more time. um, And that I really, it's very important to me and in the practice that we don't have an issue with 
with typos. And the employee finally said to me, but I asked why, you know, what's going on? Is everything okay? And what I found out was a previous employer had limited this employee's hours so severely and had been so Mm. hard to work with that the employee was scared to spend the extra time to review the document to get rid of the typos. Oh, wow. I know. And I was like, oh, gosh. And that's very common in law firms. And I know this because I worked in other law firms before having my own practice. And I vowed never to be that boss. (laughs) Um, It's important to me that we don't, I don't don't like the HR issues that often happen in many law firms, not all, but many. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I knew exactly what she was talking about and was really quickly able to end the issue because I said, oh, that's not an issue here. You bill your time, whatever time it takes you. It's my job to make sure that I'm billing the client correctly. So you don't need to edit yourself. And it's never been an issue since. Oh, that's awesome. But if I wouldn't have asked why, I wouldn't have been able to get to the bottom of it. And we probably would have had this ongoing issue without realizing that there was this Mm -hmm. background. And there's no way I could have known. So Mm -hmm. it definitely made a huge difference. And um, um, I think it's, it's such, such great advice. You have been so helpful. I The frameworks that you've given, um, I know you have a really awesome checklist that we had talked about. So I'd love for you to share how people can find you. Um, and so if they're interested in this checklist, they can reach out to you to get that because I think it might be really helpful. Yeah, absolutely. So um, folks can find us on the internet at hranswers.org. And on our website, we have a page for forms and samples and resources. And so if they visit that page, um, they can locate some downloads there. And if there is anything that they are looking for or have a burning HR question that they would like to discuss, they can just click contact us on the website and they can reach me that way. And that'll come straight to my email. And I'm also um, a big fan of um, being active and connected with the right people on LinkedIn. And so if anybody wants to find me on LinkedIn and connect there, um, I'd be happy to visit and chat there as well. And they can just find me as Nikki Ramirez on LinkedIn. Wonderful. Thank you so much for coming on. We will also drop all those links in the show notes so people can easily find your website um, and where the forms are. Thank you for coming on. This was wonderful and really, really helpful. And hopefully now people will find HR and employee issues less scary. Yeah, I hope so. It's been such a pleasure to talk to you. And I love hearing your uh, success stories, too. So thank you for sharing those with me. Now I'm not filled with rage anymore, Mary. I'm calm. Neither am I. I'm ready to go. I know how to have those conversations. You're all set. I'm all set. We're all we're we're living in happy land now. Yay. Amazon's going to fix it. We're going to finish recording this and you're going to find out that Amazon has fixed everything. That would be wonderful. And then I'm going to get an email and it's going to be an apology. Yeah. Saying, you know, I like this new world that we're living in. It's amazing. Nikki has done wonders for us. Thank Thank you, you, Nikki. Nikki. (laughs) (laughs) We would love to hear from everyone in the HQ who could talk to us all about your difficult conversations, um, employees in particular. So if you've had a difficult conversation as an employee or as an employer, we'd love to hear how you handled it. And how you deal with your rage. That's fine too. (laughs) (laughs) Just tell us. When you're having a rough day. And you just need, what do you do? How do you, how do you blow off steam? I go to the gym. Yeah. Well, they're going to come to the HQ and tell us what they do. Yes. I love it.
Yeah. You can find us in the Fearless Business Podcast Facebook group. If you're not already a member, please come find us. Um, or you can, and you can check out all of uh, the links that Nikki talked about and that amazing checklist um, in our show notes. Yeah. And feel free to subscribe and leave us a review. We love reviews. They make us happy. They do. Until next week. Thanks for listening. We'd love it if you'd subscribe and share this podcast. Reviews are amazing too. Visit fearlessbusinesspodcast.com for more information. If you'd like to connect with Jamie, visit hashtag-legal.com. And if you'd like to connect with Mary, visit thetransitionscollective.com. Thanks so much and we'll see you next time. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.